1: and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is April 21st. Joseph, how you doing? Brendan,
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, You know, I know you guys usually get right into golf and don't go on any kind of tangents. But Right. Kings uh, basketball,
1: things like that. Go ahead.
0: Right, right. But I know you're kind of on the hill that there are too many holidays. Yeah. Like a pirate day and all that stuff. Uh, was kind of wondering where you land on 420. That I, I saw right before when you hit record. I, I saw you blow a fat cloud, and I was wondering if that <laughs> 420 yeah. or if, if that's just another <laughs> Thursday night.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, we've brought some young blood in here. Uh, to, 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 yeah, no, I I think 420 is bullshit. I think it's like, come on, like it's a ridiculous thing. It's made up. Um, you know, this is not an anti-marijuana uh, stance or anything like that. But it's just like. Uh, why is why is there why are we overemphasizing this day as opposed to the other 364 days i think it's ridiculous but um yes i don't know that that, i i don't i I think it's ridiculous yes it's a made up holiday it's so it falls in i can't i have to be sort of consistent in that approach and it's a completely made up contrivance uh that some stoners and whatever the 80s 90s and now you know, brands, I sure, I'm sure have, you know, some of the brands that want to appear a little edgy and outside the mainstream have capitalized on. So, where are you with it?
0: I, I was just deferring to your opinion. I, I agree with you on all the holiday stuff. So, I was going to ride with whatever you said.
1: Okay. Good. Good. Uh, all right. We have to get this done before Kings Warriors. So, let's not ramble on too much. I think, like, quite honestly, I have a bunch of weird notes here. You have a bunch of weird notes. It sounds like. Um, I would like to start in a moderately serious tone, just because Tiger Woods has announced that he had a pretty significant surgery. It seems like it's a lot of words I'd never, you know, you wouldn't come across. But Tiger is always very precise. And I think he probably has to be because people start pouring over his, you know, medical charts or or what they think they have of, of medical charts of, you know, with a fine tooth comb. So he had foot surgery, ankle surgery. I I don't know if I'm being precise enough. But um, it sounds... There's a great tweet by Bill Mallon, who played on the PGA Tour, is a surgeon, is just a brilliant, brilliant dude. Um, And I have a link to that in the newsletter. I recommend you read it. But it sounds like he's done for this year. Um, It sounds like, you know, this surgery could enable him to play competitive golf, could enable him to play golf. Competitive golf may be a larger question again, uh, but it's relieving the pain. It's unrelated to the plantar fasciitis, the, that 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 pain that cropped up around the match and has since, you know, in LA and others. Um, But what it caused, this combined with like kind of how he looked at, at Augusta and the WD was the wave of, like Tiger needs to call it a career. He needs to, like, this is just too much. And I, I just, I don't think, I think that's unnecessary. I know we have to feed the content, content beast, but I it just felt like unnecessary. And we've seen this. This has been the, the status quo for Tiger for since like 2013, more or less. It's like I had this fusion. This was, I love, this was another fusion, but of a different body part. And so that's the status quo. Now this is more serious where it like really looks hard to walk. But also did with his back too in several instances. So, I just, I, I I don't think we should like weigh in on this being the end of his career, or is it time to call it a career? However painful it may look and unpleasant it may look, are you? Where do you fall on this? Do you think it's over? You think he's done? I, I, can, is it worth competing for him?
0: Well, to be honest, going into this year, I already felt like his days of contending. At the highest level, we're over. I, I already felt that way, and I still do.
1: He made this the cut surgery, at the Masters like two weeks ago. That's kind of remarkable, right? He made the cut. Now, was he going to break like eighty on the weekend? <laughs> Maybe not. But go ahead. I, I, contending and making a cut are two very different things. Go ahead.
0: Right. And one issue is his body tends to break down over the course of four days. Like to play to win a major championship, you got to bring it all four days. I don't right. know that Tiger's capable of that anymore. But I agree with you. I think the calls for him to call it a competitive career, way too premature. You could have said that multiple times in his career already. And when I read the details, I read that thread. My main takeaway was a like, guy who struggles with a leg injury and a lack of mobility has another surgery that's <laughs> where he's going to continue to struggle with lack of mobility and walking. Like I don't know that it actually changes a whole lot. Maybe it relieves pain and yeah. when he comes back. It's actually easier for him to play. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I will say the bummer for me is that the U.S. Open at LACC is probably one of the majors I'm looking forward to the most of any major in the last like five years or so. And not not seeing Tiger teed up there is going to be a huge bummer. So yeah, that was kind of my takeaway from reading that thread we, and getting the <laughs> announcement.
1: We know he was out there scouting it before Riviera. He was playing LACC and 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 kind of. Again, yeah, a test or a setup that maybe would play a little bit into his strengths and now weaknesses um, with, you know, golf intellect, ground game, intelligence, conservatism, conservatism, right, and strategy that that he excels, has excelled at when he was at his best and kind of can level the playing field. But yeah, that that is a bummer.
0: I think like how much of a walk the courses is a massive factor in whether or not Tiger Woods can contend. And LACC is maybe not like the easiest walk in the world. There's some undulation, but it's way, way easier than Augusta. So it was going to play pretty short. Like you could, you don't have to lash out a a bunch of thick rough out there. I think he could have played pretty well. And it would just been cool scenery to see him in in the middle of LA.
1: We kind of saw him hold up a little better at at Riv too, obviously too, which is like you go down in the Canyon, you come up in the Canyon at, at 18. Um, but like, other than that, it's, it's relatively easy compared to, certainly compared to like Augusta national and things like that. So that is a bummer. Uh, am I reading that right? Right. He's, he's done for this year as a start. Right. I mean, based on the thread that you read and and what, I mean, we're not doctors and Steine declined to give a timetable, but it seems like playing golf in May, June are not possible and July seems unlikely.
0: That was my takeaway from reading the thread. I also think like Tiger's last experiences on the golf course, besides Riviera, but I mean Augusta was a really ugly display. Yeah. So like why would he rush coming back and his game not necessarily being sharp? Like I, I don't think that would be like Tiger to really to put himself in a position where he's both stressing his body and could embarrass himself a little bit with the score. I know you could say the same thing for other appearances in the past and he's he, he's performed he, admirably, yeah. but that doesn't seem practical to me.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, God, it's it's just nuts to think about the last like eight years. And him kind of showing up as a pro and embarrassing himself at times, right? Whether it was the Chip Chambers Bay, it was like his back, like he's but not that's not like beneath him necessarily. Like he yep. shows up. Uh, The Chambers was so bad. I remember that. And and obviously with the chipping, like curing it in more or less three months, mostly also back related. But yeah, this seems like a a whole different deal. It's just crazy what's like the amount of surgeries he's had. So, Um, all right, let's get to a quick Friday 18 hole update. Anything to amuse you or jump off about the Zurich classic of New Orleans? I was just... I got to be honest, you know, we did. Who's going to finish last on Wednesday? I was tracking Daly and Duvall like a hawk all afternoon. I just want, like, they finally got one birdie. One freaking birdie on a 360-yard par four. I think it's the 16th out there. And they immediately followed it with a double. They finished three over. <laughs> three over in best ball. I mean, that's kind of, this is not to, to, to besmirch their their great careers in, of you know, 25 years ago. It was 25 years ago. They're Lions, but they're not anymore. And they shouldn't be in the field. And they're three over playing a best ball. Now, tea times are moved up almost 90 minutes on Friday. What is alternate shot going to be? What is like? What is alternate shot going to be with Duval? Like, starts, I don't know, spraying it and JD's all over. Like, what's going to happen? Are they going to break 80? It's going to be a nightmare at 8 a.m. on Friday. It's must watch, I think, if, if you can.
0: You had a great tweet. With John Daly going off at 8 a.m. tomorrow. I, I don't yeah. know what tonight looks like in New Orleans for him. That but I think if you want to do game within the game, like Paresh Amin, or how I'm not exactly sure how you say his last name, but yeah, I don't even know that it's getting enough attention. The fact we, that he's in a PGA tour field, it's insane.
1: We talked insane. about it a little bit on Wednesday.
0: It's insane. And just going through his competitive career. I was trying to look around. I couldn't find stuff. He's on the G Pro Tour. He's played 28 events. 27 of them are missed cuts or withdrawals. The 28th is a T79 in two days. I'm guessing they just, I don't know, do they call the event? I know nothing about these tournaments, but I don't think that's a made cut. And if he were to do well, and let's say he were to win this event, which he's not going to, he'd be 75th in the FedEx Cup standings. This is crazy. And I think the game within the game that's really fun tomorrow is like who wins between the Daily Duvall group or the Paresh, Amin, and Michael Thompson group. I got to know think... what
1: happened there, how Michael Thompson got paired up with them. Payoffs.
0: Yeah, it's oh. ridiculous. And to be honest, my original take was like, this is a travesty and like an embarrassment for the tour. And I stand by that. But I think the better, the little more chaotic part of my brain wants to see this every year. I think you could call the exemption like the I'm in corner and you have <laughs> one guy like this play every event. And if you lose to that team over two days, you get like a lifetime ban on the PGA tour you love, some like, penalty.
1: <laughs> what do you think of that idea? Yeah, I love the, the I'm in corner. Um, I, yeah, I think like we're, we're not just, this isn't some like minor league golf tour guy or like, He shot, I think, 42 over at Q school, at Canada Q school, which, you know, Q schools by their nature are like, you can't shoot 42 over and never making a cut on the G pro tour. Like this isn't just like a a mini tour guy. He's kind of, it's kind of like you said, a disgrace that, that he's in a real PGA tour event. I mean, this isn't even some of the guys we see in opposite field events, like a a guy Boros or things like that, like who who've played competitive golf at a, at a moderately high level. I had people texting me all morning <laughs> tracking him too. They're calling him calling the X-Man because he's just putting an X on his card. They're not even like, so like they don't for this best ball, uh, the PGA Tour card is hyphen, like hyphenator. Like they, he's not even putting scores down. He did contribute on one hole with the bogey when Michael Thompson had a double. But aside from that, I don't think he really contributed. Maybe, maybe yeah, at a par. Right.
0: Great par on number fifteen.
1: Are you are you saying that with any kind of intelligence? Did you actually see it, or are you just you're just? You I, I know it?
0: that he made. I was I was tracking his round very closely, and he hit a green in regulation on a five hundred yard par four. And if you click through his shot trails, like he was spraying the ball all over the place. I couldn't believe that he found fifteen in regulation. Um, I actually put some thought into this, Brendan. I was like what is a realistic over under for the almond thompson group tomorrow i'm gonna Alt. i'm gonna put the number at 79 and a half
1: what are you doing that for duvall and daily what are you putting for them
0: <laughs>
1: similar that, probably right or would you probably go probably similar
0: generally looking at past years like it's pretty hard to shoot 77 to 80 is kind of the max generally i think parish amin or Peresh. i'm not exactly sure how you say his name he could do anything. John well, Daly and David Duval. I'll put John Daly and David Duval at seventy-eight and a half and the Amen Thompson group at seventy-nine and a half.
1: Because he could just be putting Thompson in like in the muck every garbage every time.
0: Did you click through his shot tracker today? There's a hole where he's no, no forty yards right on his tee shot and forty yards right on his approach shot, like well well off the golf course. He shoots eighty regularly. It's in, not in like a super
1: hard course. course as we know it's a it's your pretty standard sort of tpc you know that there's occasionally some hazards and things like that but can you imagine
0: uh, being at this event and, and he that group walks by and you're like who who's in this group to to your buddy and like oh, i think like Paresh aman and michael Thompson. i love the... <laughs> who is that
1: i love the can exemption the exemption category that you create for this and and who they put them with right you know you you just jam them with some guy who doesn't have a partner the, the Amin exemption so on the other end of the leaderboard you have wyndham clark Boha, like a million guys wyndham clark Bo hostler sean o'hare who probably shouldn't have status i don't think shouldn't have status to win an event like this is with brandon matthews who should probably have status like he's the kind of guy who should be playing this sort of off designated event but they're 11 under uh and then just a bunch of the Fitz bros Keith Mitchell's son, JM, also shot 62. Like, this is what you should do in a best ball format. Um, a lot of birdies. So, I don't have a whole lot else on TPC Louisiana. Did you? Did you have any other only amusements? Notes,
0: only notes about the top of the leaderboard. Wyndham Clark's been playing some pretty good golf this year, and I think he's kind of been one of those trendy, like, DFS gambling Twitter picks. He's been playing pretty well. So, I actually i would keep an eye on that. Other note I have Keith Mitchell and Sung Jay Im together is an intriguing pairing. Both of those golfers, like Keith Mitchell's a really smart guy. Yeah. And I'm sure Sung is too. I do think like Sung plays a lot of tournaments. And I think part of that is he realizes his FedEx Cup rankings will benefit from just playing a lot of golf tournaments. I think these two guys, I'm not going to call them manipulators because it's what I would do too. But I think they get their heads together and they're like, we'd be a good team. This event's a joke. We're going to go out and get a lot of points and we pair well together. Would not shock me if they won.
1: Yeah. I, I I was, it was, it's an odd like pairing on paper. Um, but as soon as you saw their play, like they're both like two of the best players in the field. Right. I mean, individually, they're two of the, the strongest. I don't know why, why Sanjay's playing. I guess you explained it right there, but like, it seems so unnecessary to, to play, but you know, he's just doing it every week trying to rack up the points.
0: It's a weak field. If you win this thing, you get 400 points. That's a lot. So I, I actually think that's why he's there. And if if my memory serves me correctly, and I could be wrong about this, but I think Keith Mitchell and Brant Snedeker partnered up either yeah, last I think year that's or right. the year before. And Keith Mitchell was just hitting, like, beautiful drive after beautiful drive, and they weren't converting a whole lot of it. You put him with Sung Jay, like... That's actually a really strong team. So I respect that they showed up and I think more guys should have shown up.
1: Okay. That makes sense. All right. Um, anything else from New Orleans? It's just like, I don't know. They're going to get storms. We get storms every year for this. Every year this, you know, it's like maybe finish on Tuesday, but hopefully, you know, with alt shot, it, it quickens the pace of play. You have less balls in play, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's still going to be slow out there. Yeah. Um, all right, on the women's, on the LPGA, the Chevron Championship, uh, good coverage. I watched most of this in the morning, and then they had it on again late. Uh, Peyon Chen leads at five under. Nelly Corda notably, is one off the lead with a bunch of players uh, at four under, including Marina Alex, Ayaka Faru, I think one recently. Lilia Vu, who won recently. Um, so Carlton Woods seemed to, I don't want to say like pop them, but not a ton of, not a, like you <laughs> You look at. I was looking at Corn Ferry Tour. I was looking at you know obviously best ball format. Just all these numbers in the sixties. But this one, I think, like only a quarter of the fields under par, and then like sixty seven was the number out there. So not not a huge. uh, I don't know. Not a huge sort of birdie fest in Houston. Um, that's it. You have any other LPGA thoughts? Did you watch any of that today? Well, I was going to
0: say I I generally watch like a ton of professional men's golf the professional women's golf i generally tune in like when there's a story or in a big event like when lexi thompson's in contention for a major i'm there like when there's a good story i'm there so when you look at the leaderboard brendan as somebody who probably follows this a little bit more closely yeah what would you say some of those stories are that are developing like nelly corda being in contention feels like a big story any like what what should somebody who doesn't follow it day in and day out what should they be looking for like what are the exciting storylines
1: i mean i think nelly is like the the hope for the lpga for chevron for the championship for casuals probably even for lpga like hardcore fans that's a big one marina alex obviously has a lot of personality minji lee like is really great really amusing arguably you know the best player you know, Lydia Ko probably the strongest season, but you know, Minji Lee was certainly among the best players of the year last year. So I don't know that for me, like the more curious part of this is just like, and Garrett sort of wrote about this on Wednesday is like, it's just like turning on the faucet and calling this a major. I don't know that that does that for me yet. And I get that it has $5 million plus 5 million plus purse and, but well, like the history isn't there. Like I know it's, it's allegedly related to what was a major, but for me, that's kind of where does this go the next three days? The bigger story is how this takes foot Do Houston come out. You know, the Rockets aren't playing. <laughs> They're pretty pointless. Uh, the, the, the Astros are good, but like, how does this, how do the fans show and sort of what do the women say about it? Are they like taking to this? Cause I mean, the way it became a major was they threw a bunch of money at it, Colgate and whatever in the, in the 60s or 70s, I think it was. And, you know, it took many, many years for it to be a significant tournament aside from the cash. And I just wonder how long that's going to take in Houston. So that that's the bigger story for me. Um, all right. Elsewhere on the LECOM Suncoast Classic, you have Jackson Suber. I don't know, a bunch of guys shot 63. Logan McAllister, big burly boy, big OU fan, uh, favorite of ours. Um, and I don't know, that's down at Lakewood Ranch. Bunch of, bunch of birdie fests. Uh, live starting at like 1015 tonight, 10, 1015 Eastern, I should say. What are you expecting for this? Are you going to turn off Warriors Kings and turn on the CW app to watch live Adelaide?
0: I will say this is by far the most compelling event yeah. to me I think of, of the year like the as of now the only one that I have like genuine interest in tuning into I don't I'm not going to download an app to watch live golf it doesn't compel me that much if if it's easy to watch if it were on YouTube like I'd throw it on I'd rather watch King's Warriors and then I don't know if you get like some crazy leaderboard I don't know, Saturday night or whenever this thing ends, and there are some exciting players in contention and I have access to it on a streaming service, like, I'll I'll watch it, but I'm not going to go too far out of my way. It it seems exciting. I will say that pairing the teammates together, and I wrote about this for the newsletter, like, that's a joke. I understand why they're doing it, but putting the captains together and then the other three players on the same team in the same group, like, that's just not a competitive atmosphere. I get why they're doing it, I think. I think they want to have the Australians all together and get a big crowd, take pictures of that, but I got to say I think that's a pretty lame competitive move. And when you're teeing it up next to your teammates, it's pretty different than if you're teeing it up next to a guy you want to beat. So why wouldn't you I, it, why it wouldn't you spread the Aussies
1: around? Why wouldn't I think it is silly, obviously. Like you you get I mean there's no gamesmanship it's like the reverse of gamesmanship there's a, like what can we do to kind of you know aid, aid each other along and uh, without kind of cheating incredibly blatantly and overtly um
0: one thing though actually like to think about it a little more and maybe this is giving them too much credit but I think it's extremely difficult to understand which players are on which team I have no clue right outside of australia when you get like smash and rippers and like you forget about i don't know yeah i think maybe maybe seeing their names next to each other like on the tea time sheet and then when you're at the event seeing those players walking together like maybe the theory is that people will start to understand who's on which team i don't know if i'm giving them too much credit but that could be the strategy
1: it seems like they're gonna have a strong turnout like you know we've talked about how it's sold out a bunch and you know norman's there talking a bunch of i don't know why he got aggregated talking about how they're going to do a women's league because he said a lot of words without saying nothing he's like you know we talk about it internally for sure we talk about doing the women's and that's already been like kind of pondered out publicly but but everyone like aggregated like oh they might do a women's league and he i think it was reverse it seemed highly non-committal it seemed more like that's not on the, the horizon for was what it, how I read between the lines, but he's there. I don't know. I I even think like, does Australia like Greg Norman? I, I, it seems like there's a lot of people that dislike him there as much as anywhere, but you know, I'm happy for Cam Smith and whoever else Mark Leishman kind of getting a little bit of run and, and, but I just don't, I think it'll be their most exciting, their like high watermark for for fans and atmosphere, but I mean, it's on at 10 o'clock. It's, it's overnight it's on an app for the first couple of rounds I don't know that it's gonna like make live more successful on the whole um, but and, and like become <laughs> becoming like an exclusive Australian product like is probably not the way to world domination on the golf space but they've got to kind of pick and choose their spots like they have with venues like they're going to Tulsa which you know, doesn't have a tour event, and they're going to like a fifth rate course there. Apparently, you know, because everyone else in town said no. So, like, I think they're picking and choosing their spots, and they're gonna they're gonna find a comfortable one in Australia. But the 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 same team thing is is preposterous. It's like completely taken away any guise of real like competition and intensity. So.
0: I agree, and do I think this is gonna change like the live? the enthusiasm around future live events like i honestly don't but i keep waiting to sound stupid like i keep waiting for live to show like to have this master strategy and i'm like oh wow i was wrong like i keep thinking am i missing something here and i just don't think i really am i've noticed one thing they're trying to do is get into the influencer game like having their athletes at other professional sporting events like professional hockey events and i think they're really going for the Try to get on TikTok and and generate some buzz on Instagram, and at some point the golf has to deliver. And I just feel like they they're not focusing on the actual golf product at all. Like, why are we going to Tulsa, Mayakoba to start the year? Just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But maybe I'll be proven wrong over the next six months.
1: Uh, I love the Bryson quote. Like, I've always loved Australia. I love the people, love the place. <laughs> and They're like on Adelaide, and I was like, has he ever been to Adelaide? I know he like what? Went... Yeah, I guess he did the amateur, the Masters amateur. Uh, which is in Australia, uh, like when he was at AM, obviously went for the Prez Cup. But the way he was talking, it was like he's been going to Australia for three months a year for the last 15 years and, and playing golf there. Uh, as I've always loved it. And it's like Bryson on Adelaide. It's like That's just a ridiculous statement. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll be loosely aware of it. I think it's interesting to see, like, are these guys really trying like Phil and Brooks and they're shooting in the whatever. I mean, Brooks, he obviously won in Orlando, but was he just like kind of ramping up for the masters and everything in between? And then at the masters, he's gives this quote, like, if, a if I was this healthy, I, I don't know. It would have been a much harder decision to go to live like an admission. He went to live thinking he was no longer healthy to play competitive golf. I just, as it was, as it was posited to me and, and Augusta, it's like, well, like are they claiming like they just don't give a shit about the live events and they're collecting checks and now all of a sudden they show up at the masters and Phil looks reborn and and Brooks is highly competitive again Is that a ba- or is that just people trying to hate on Live for whatever, you know, trying to frame it in the most negative light for Live?
0: Yeah, I haven't thought about it too much, but I think if Brooks and Phil or like Brooks and Cam Smith or Brooks and DJ are in contention at the Live Adelaide event, that maybe gives things a little bit of juice and kind of introduces this storyline of like is Brooks Kepka back and people start tracking him. I actually think that could be kind of exciting because yeah. I think Brooks Kepka's future is pretty interesting to just think about in general. But if Brooks, if it goes back to Brooks finishing in like 25th and some random player winning and like DJ finishing Charles Howell for the 20, third, yeah, that it, then it, th- that's that's a bad setup. So. I'm pretty interested in how this leaderboard shakes out.
1: What was your Kepka NBA comp today when we were talking? <laughs> do you want to I not, said do you, you don't want to spoil that yet, or do you want to use that? No, yet? no,
0: no, it's fine. I was watching Kawhi dominate on Tuesday night, and I was like, Is is Kawhi Leonard basketball's Brooks Kepka? Like kind of floats under the radar, but when he's healthy and you're watching him in a major championship or in a finals game and he's on, it's like he I don't think he's the best player in the world, but he might be. He like might he might be, be tonight. Yeah. And, That's sort of – I think it's a reasonable – sort of reasonable comp.
1: Yeah, the health stuff. I mean, now he's sitting again with the knee sprain, Kawhi. But, yeah, I I think that's not a bad – presumed, like, boring, presumed, like, total dial tones, right, when they first came on the scene. I I think Brooks is sort of dispelled with that quite a bit through full swing and kind of whatever, swaggering about. But I'm not sure Kawhi has. But, yeah, I like that. I think that's a really good comp when they're cooking – it's like, I think this might be the best person in the world to do this, doing this. I and mean, right it's not, now. right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. if you
0: had to draft somebody for the next four majors or for the next four NBA seasons, you're not taking Kawhi and you're not taking Brooks Kepka. But yeah. when he's going, it. it I think it, the thought occurs, like he might, he might be the best at this in the world.
1: Yep. All right, let's whip around a little bit. We'll get to uh, news and do some SGS golf advice. Uh, for the invited Celebrity Classic, the uh, Champions Tour event that has celebrities, Got a little bit of intel from on the ground. Let's go. Are you a Romo guy or do you care either way? You have no opinion?
0: I'm annoyed by his commentary at this point, but I, I don't, I'm not a hater on the human being.
1: Um, so this comes from somebody who's caddying, is around, on the ground. <laughs> um, early chat is vibrant at the event. So-and-so, I need to remove names, are excited about the added TV coverage but they're extremely concerned about finishing on time on Sunday because of Tony Romo's slow play. He's been isolated as a possible concern of why they may not finish in the TV window that they've added and got achieved quote from a celebrity competitor, another select like person who's on this circuit that goes, you know, Tahoe to the women's event. Diamond resorts, whatever it's called now. And you know, that these are all, you know, there's kind of like a core group of those celebs that go bounce from one to one. This is a quote from another one. Celebrity. Romo makes Cantley look fast. Said last year, he counted Romo taking up to 30 practice swings before a shot. So it sounds like he is a known tortoise to the point where there's larger concerns in and around the tournament about not finishing on time. If he's, you know, plays well, cause he's a good golfer. And another competitor who does a lot of these events, he or she may be very good or, you know, knows golf, says, you know, he takes like 30 practice wins. He counted. Pretty good intel on Tony Romo. Uh, not great. Not great for a guy that's gotten a lot of exemptions and and played in a lot of like kind of high profile events, either as a celebrity or am. But.
0: I think this introduces a lot of potential for delay of game penalty jokes. I think if he's trying to get it in on Sunday and it's coming down to the wire, you can do the, uh oh, I don't know, Jim. Like, <laughs> there's just a lot of potential here. And the only other thought that occurs to me on this is there's nothing, nothing that would get me to watch a Champions Tour event. A slow play controversy with Tony <laughs> Romo might be it.
1: You know, your SGS uh, original when you were happy about Paresh mean slow point controversy with Tony Romo. Those are the those are what we think puts our asses in the seats for watching these uh, events. So, um, elsewhere, other news. I thought Zach jo- <laughs> Zach Johnson's sort of word salad about uh, captain's picks or eligibility for the Ryder Cup with live guys was highly amusing. He just said nothing. He's like, oh, that's that's those decisions are are not yet final. They're still being made. I don't know. Like the time will tell. It will play out. It will sort us off. Just hemming and hawing all over the place with with just awful. And I went back and read him last year. He goes in order to play on the Ryder Cup team, whether you're a top six or a pick, you must garner Ryder Cup points for the PGA of America. In order to garner Ryder P- Cup points for the PGA of America, you have to be a member of the PGA of America. The way that you are a member of the PGA of America is through the PGA Tour. I'll let you connect the dots from there. So not a strongest condemnation. Davis Love III might have said absolutely hell no kind of thing. But he has softened and so has maybe the PGA of America. I don't know. It seems they're they're getting points in these majors. And they're not yet suspended members of the PGA of America. So it's just an interest. I mean, he's got six picks. If Brooks plays well in the majors or shows something, I don't know. It, I mean, what are we what are we calculating that on? A crooked cat, like that's not going to get it. Like, what's enough to convince ZJ to put on? But it sounds like he's sort of softened the position, certainly from last year.
0: I don't know how this stuff's going to play out and like what some of the the factors are here. I will say, if there's a player on live who's clearly deserving to be on the Ryder Cup. It'd be hard for me to watch the Ryder Cup and the United States is down and it's like, well, they didn't take Brooks Kepka for some, they had the opportunity to take him, but they didn't take him. I mean, it, that, that'd be a little bit of a difficult dynamic to deal with.
1: Yeah, everybody talks about the Euros. I don't know that there are any like real attractive options from Europe, right? That are on live. I hate mean, Sergio's kind of passed. Westy's passed. Poulter. Thomas Peters. Yeah, Peters now that he's gone. I mean, it'd be fascinating to see what like Eugenio Chikara would be like if he were playing tour golf, but that's probably you way too soon. Though. Yeah, too yeah. soon. Yeah. I just don't think like everybody talks about the Euros and the DP World Tour ruling and all this stuff. But like, it turns out they have a lot of Ryder Cup heroes on and live, but not like I think present day options, aside from maybe Peters, Casey, possibly, possibly Paul Casey based on form, but but we don't really know enough about the crushers so um interesting just kind of reading zach johnson
0: how crazy is it brendan that like they signed cam smith it was this huge deal sergio like dj all these guys and it it feels like brooks kepka might be the one kind of carrying the mantle for live not not carrying the mantle in the way that he is tied to promoting the brand or like feels passionately about that but the fact that he might be like by far the best golfer on live didn't see that coming
1: yeah. And then obviously, there are all the rumors about him. You know, does he want, he's playing all these practice rounds with Rory? You know, people, was it Alan Shipnuck threw in a mailbag that like there's rumors about him wanting to come back? And so, I mean, I wouldn't say he's, you know, he says, I love it there, even though he kind of, you know, at the master said, eh, if I were healthier, I might not have gone. But, yeah, it's it's tenuous if you really want to use him to promote everything. If he, he's not like into that. He's not into like being used as a as a prop that way. So um I think that does it for news. You got anything else? What you said you had a bunch of notes. You got any other notes you want to throw at me from Zurich or anywhere else? Any Tony Romo intel? Well,
0: I mean, just one note. I was thinking what? if if the PGA tour needs any sponsors, I know some of these events aren't happy, like there's designated events, non designated events. Some companies aren't happy. What do you think about Mantis VC sponsoring a PGA Tour event next year?
1: What is that? Mantis? Mantis,
0: Mantis VC. You know oh, what
1: that is? Oh, yeah, yeah. What about the chain them? Smoker,
0: the Chainsmokers just started a venture capital firm. No way. Mantis VC, the Chainsmokers, was announced today.
1: I haven't so been, been paying sp- attention.
0: They could sponsor the event and perform at it. What do you think of that idea?
1: Are you? Are you... Are you BSing me?
0: No, I'm dead serious. The chain smoker
1: started a VC firm. There's too many VC (laughs) D bags in the world. I guess it's consolidating these, you know, kind of guys who are just preying on golf industry executives, just preying on these people to set up concerts. Uh, Maybe it's consolidating VC people with, with, you know, concerts I don't care to see. Mantis VC. I'm
0: thinking that maybe. Well, I'm thinking maybe the PJ Tour told the Chainsmokers they couldn't perform at a show, and they said, "Like, we'll show you. Start the VC firm, sponsor a PJ Tour event, and, and then,
1: then we form. go host it." Yeah, I like that. Mantis VC. <laughs> you had me thrown for a loop there. I was like, oh, I think I feel like I know a lot of like <laughs> the big companies or understand. Uh, lost. Um, that does. It. Oh, there might be a golf sitcom. With Will Ferrell in it. Apparently with Will Ferrell jumping to a rival league. So it's based on live stuff, it seems like. I saw that. <laughs> that and already and sounds funny. Golf Digest and Deadline Hollywood. So golf is growing. We're, we're doing sitcoms with Will Ferrell. So. All right. Let's do an ad read for Club Champion before we get to SGS golf advice. But our first bit of advice here is to go to Club Champion and get fit. Uh, I this If you're going to spend a bunch of money on clubs, if you're going to, you know, you want to like get serious about your game get serious about you know how, I, I don't know all the pros have all this data right and all these guys who are pissed about bifurcation and all this stuff If you want to be like the pro this is where you go you go to club champ not like the pro but get a little bit of data a little bit of insight instead of just being a total kind of headless horseman have no clue why you're swinging the way you are what you're swinging what's best suited for you. you go to a club champion they have master fitters they let you hit around, putter around in the bay there. They get you your uh, track man numbers. They say, hey, you're not swinging optimally with that deal. You know, your smash factor's down. We got to get that up. Try this one. Are you, you know, committed to playing Wilson? Yeah, we, then, you know, we'll get you only Wilson clubs. You can test the various Wilson clubs. I was wondering, Brian Erlocker, who's in The Celebrity, like he's kind of should be duty bound to play the Cortex, right? Like as, as someone who is involved with the production and oversight uh, of that club, I don't know if he was Triton or Cortex, but I think he should, he's kind of has to have that in his bag playing the, the invited celebrity classic alongside Romo. Uh, but go to Club Champion, use the promo code Egg, all caps, one word. Everybody always is asking us for his promo code. It's Egg, all caps, one word. Gets you 50% off the fitting cost with the purchase of a club. Uh, thanks to them for sponsoring us throughout the year.
0: All right. Brendan, do- the only thing I could think of while you're doing that entire ad read yeah. is I want a club champion commercial. And it's like, we worked with this six handicap. And 18 months, 18 months later, he's playing in the Zurich Classic. And his name <laughs> pops up, it's Paresh. I mean,
1: well, it sounds like Elon is like buying people. Blue checks. Did you see that? LeBron like still has his blue check, but even didn't acquiesce to it. So it's like, are we going to get unboxing videos of blue check marks now where he's like gifting them to influencers and people with 30 million and 10 million followers and things like that? It feels like you're just kind of claiming an endorser of your Twitter blue without an endorsement deal. Is that accurate? Is that fair? I don't know. It seems like we're, we're getting brands just sort of claiming people. So yeah, we'll see. It's all kind of a a mess right now. See where it goes. Um, all right, let's do SGS golf advice. Took a couple weeks off from this with the masters and travel. SGS golf advice at gmail.com is the email. Keep sending us. We've got a whole pile of notes, but keep sending them. Uh, we read them all and, uh, kind of bank them for, for the episodes. So, we missed this one, time-sensitive. I just want to quickly dispel this. It was time-sensitive, golf shoes as a fan. This is from Andrew. In general, I try to go to life with a, to each his own mentality. I think it's important not to judge others based on their interests, hobbies, musical taste, or fashion choices. That's a great, uh, great approach, Andrew. I agree. However, I'm in part living a lie because I cannot look at someone who wears golf shoes to a tournament as a spectator with anything but total disgust. Having said that, I will be attending two rounds of the upcoming tournament in Augusta. This is obviously, we're reading this too late. Upon review of the forecast, I briefly and shamefully considered wearing my waterproof and soft spike golf shoes as a matter of safety, no falls, and convenience. Dryness. I floated the idea to a couple of buddies who I will attend with and it was immediately shot down. I obviously shouldn't wear hiking boots. Why not? Which would be the only other waterproof solution for a long day in the rain. I will most likely be wearing some regular ass running shoes that will be soaked by the end of the day. I welcome your thoughts on the right thing to do in this situation and how much with how much contempt I should view those who show up in their spikes. Andrew, like, I guess I'm getting old and I form and function. I I, I think I have a somewhat style. I, I care about how I look. I don't not care. I don't have full dad style. I care about what I'm wearing but that was a slop fest. I I, like wear golf shoes, wear waterproof shoes. I I had my brother there. He came in duck and boots, full on like LL bean boots. I would say do that. I was wearing the air couples. I got the oldest like beat up golf shoes that I knew were solidly waterproof and wore those The echo air couples. Like I think extenuating circumstances allow for this. And if you're going to a big golf tournament and you know, it's going to be, pissing down and neck case 50 degrees and there's a ton of foot traffic like like in a lot of the same spots and you're not going to a hospitality tent wear golf shoes I'm okay with that I wouldn't be wearing like a bunch of spikes and stuff I'd wear try to wear subtle like kind of soft spike shoes that are waterproof I don't have a problem with this and generally yes you are a complete doofus if you wear golf shoes but that's the one thing Augusta it's like a at least for the members, like they're kind of supposed to wear golf shoes. They have a green jacket and golf shoes. That was like Bobby Jones, like Clifford Roberts, I think like highly recommended it. And so they all wear their golf shoes usually. But I don't, is this a big deal, especially given the, the circumstances? I
0: don't have a lot to say on this one. I think if you wear golf shoes, it better have rained. So you better have a backup pair <laughs> in case it didn't rain and the forecast was wrong. You better not be wearing them. And the other thing I'll say is if it's going to be wet, and windy at Augusta, and maybe not all of the trees are super stable. You oh, might gosh. want the running shoes. <laughs> oh
1: God. But I I think if you wore your running shoes on that Saturday, you look like a dope. You look like a bigger dope. If you wear your your hokas or your ons that everybody else had, you know. I would even wore it on Sunday, given just the residual of, of like it was it was. Messy, you can wear golf shoes. I I think that's approved. But the circumstances need to be, it's a bar. That's a bar you have to clear. Um, All right, not time sensitive, but related to time. This is from Barra, I think, International. There's a brother Scotch foursomes match play tournament in our club every year. I have three brothers and one set of brothers are very competitive and won it recently. Me and my remaining brother have been terrible. Last year in our first round match on the 19th hole, I hit a wicked slice to somewhere near the OB. My brother then, as expected, based on my drive, pulled his way left into the shit. I went to look for his ball as I'd be hitting it next, and he and our opponents went to look for mine. After a few minutes, they found mine about a foot out of bounds. They then walked across to help me search. When they arrived over, one of our opponents immediately said, That's three minutes. I looked at him incredulously as I wouldn't have started looking until they arrived over if I knew I was on the clock. I was merely trying to speed up a match that was already in extra holes. My look was enough that he relented. And with a minute or so, we found the ball, which was screwed anyway. and We lost the hole after a few hopeless hacks from the straw. Technically, he was probably correct about time being up, but I maintain he was an asshole for saying it. I would agree you can maintain that. I probably should have stuck to the rules and waited to search until at least my partner could help, but I just wanted to get on with it. What do you think? The rules are the rules in match play, or is he a dick for bringing it up? Joseph, what do you make of this one?
0: Yeah, a little bit of a bizarre one. You know, I never really thought about the dynamic of having two lost balls on the same hole and how the clock starts. I've actually just never really thought about that. But on first reading, my immediate reaction was this guy is right, the other guy is being a jerk. I think Barra handled it properly, but like thinking about it just a little bit to play De- to play devil's advocate, the implication there is that he was waiting for his opponents to come look for his ball too. Like they don't have to look for your ball, so, so I think I it's think, proper. But yes, it's I, mean, proper. it's I
1: think yeah, I guess it's, it's not proper, mandatory.
0: I'm just saying standing over there being like, no, my three minutes doesn't start until all four of us start looking for my ball. I agree with him, but there's it's not like. The most, you're way in the right, you're way in the wrong. I think he handled it correctly, but next time, I would probably say something to the group. Like, hey, I want to keep us moving, but yeah, yeah. I also don't want you to start my three minutes if I start looking too early. Like, how do you want me to handle this? That is I,
1: probably what I would do. I hadn't considered the double lost ball deal where you're splitting off. I just say, like, I wouldn't be the guy that's calling it out. I don't be for that sure. guy either. Don't be this. For don't sure. be this d bag stickler. This three like I think you know, counting in a club match. I get it. It's nineteen hole. You're it's probably intense, but it's not that intense. I think counting in general, like what's excessive, what's not. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Definitely. we've been here for ten minutes. Like, yeah, you got to keep going. Like, not suggesting you do it forever, but like having a. Sh- like, having a strict adherence or, or, like, timing somebody is stupid for looking for a ball in, like, a club club match. And the guy is an asshole. That's especially of a, a sort of a – it's just not the – don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. That's three minutes. And I like that he finally relented or or he, you know, didn't win out. And, you know, what happened was they won the match anyways. And now you look like a D-bag and, you know, you got your win that you wanted anyways. So You did uh, the right thing, Bara. All right, the Brazen Ball Thief. This is Maddie. This is kind of amazing. In January, I had a tea time at Coronado Muni, San Diego. It was during the end of a huge rain Uh, they had when I showed up. The course was closed, but they were allowing people to just walk for free. At least that's what I think. You know, they were soggy but playable. They were just kind of waving people on. Fast forward to the sixth hole, shortest par four left to right, with the seventh playing back at us parallel. About 30 yards of rough between the two holes. So up and down. Sounds like Torrey Pines. With some trees, as I'm hitting my tee shot, I notice a guy walking in the rough about 150 yards from our tee box. I'm a longer hitter, 6'4", 300 pounds, former college basketball player. So I hit one like 290 over his head in the rough between the two holes. As I play, my playing partner said I kind of noticed him walking backwards from where he was standing. They hit, and I be and I begin walking toward him, and he's walking back from the area where my ball was. I was not considering he has done anything at this point, but I just saw him over by where my ball was headed. And when I'm about 30 feet from him, I say, hey, did you see an orange ball up there? I'm playing these vice shade balls, very noticeable, unique-ish balls. He says, nope. But as he's saying this, I'm watching him put my bright orange ball in his bag. (laughs) Not not a good thing to take the very recognizable orange ball. I say, you mean that isn't my ball you just put in your bag? He says, ha, you got me. At this point, I've just flabbergasted his behavior and don't know how to react. I walk up to him. He hands me my ball and says, that's my bad, while slapping me on the back. I mutter something like, no shit, and walk away. The question is, what are you supposed to do in a situation like that? I felt like I let him off too easy, but his brazen brazen behavior just completely threw me off. Thanks, guys. Um, That's, yeah, from San Diego. I, uh, I think you did let him off the hook a little too easy. I don't know what you do in a situation like that. I don't know that I'm super confrontational person. Uh, I think I'd probably get up in this. I probably would be confrontational in this instance. It's very, very awkward. And this guy didn't seem to, I think I like. I would expect someone just to keep up the lie. It's kind of hard to do when the ball's orange and was right in the area where you were. But, um, but it's super awkward. I think you have to confront him. Like, what are you doing, man? That's that's a bullshit move. Like, it's not funny. Don't say hi. You got me. Like, just just it's. I I think you have to pop him a little bit.
0: So, I'm I'm with you. First off, the guy who stole is an idiot, right? Like, stealing an yeah, orange what golf you ball doing? is crazy, crazy. I, I thought about this one a lot, and I was like, you know what? How would I handle this? Because my original thought was I would just walk away, maybe not say a whole lot. But I think I'd be I'd feel pretty violated. And this might really piss me off a little bit. And so I, I've landed on what I would say. I think you have to go high. You, you can't stoop to his level and make it look like you're both classless. So you have to make the point. It has to be said in, in a clever way, and then you get out. So here here's the line that I landed on. And tell me what you think of this, Brendan. Okay. I think what I say to him is, hey, man, do you lie about everything in your life, or just the stuff that you steal?
1: <laughs>
0: and and then just and then I just take my bag and start walking the other direction. It, like, let him know, cut them down to size. There's nothing to say back to that. He, he'd have to feel humiliate, humiliated, and then you just walk away. Well, how, how, how do you like that approach? I
1: like that a lot. That's a pretty good, unique line to kind of have on the rolodex. If and when because this happens, I mean, this isn't a totally unique situation i think it's pretty unique to catch them so blatantly and red handedly where you know it's your ball it's orange um but yeah i like that line to put in the rolodex do you lie about everything or just the stuff that you steal is that it
0: yeah like just just a it double whammy them. like let yeah. them know
1: yeah i i mean if this guy's six four three hundred pounds and played college basketball i think you kind of have some leeway I, I don't know that you need to is i it don't Brooks know i Kepka's not 300, I don't think. Uh, Yeah, so I I think you really can't let someone like this off easy. Uh, So, All right, Daddy's Little Girl Won't Leave Us Alone. This is an incredibly delicate, interesting situation. As a dad, but as a hopefully sensible person, this is an interesting one. Daddy's Little Girl Won't Leave Us Alone. I'm sending out an SOS on behalf of our weekend golf group. We have four to, four to five foursomes that have recently been burdened by a fellow player, quote, we'll call him Tom, who insists on having his 13-year-old daughter walk with him during the round. She refers to her as Julie. Julie does not play. Rather, she meanders around with our group, mainly texting or otherwise being, quote, in the way. Like any golf dad, Tom is proud that Julie has a strong interest in the game and naturally wants her to be involved in the game on all levels. While our tradition proud club here in Blank does not have any guidelines for such an arrangement, it goes without saying that this act is pushing the envelope. It's awkward for the other players in the group, the caddies, and our professional staff. To have her with us once is a novelty. But after repeated rounds at this point, it's just getting old. The matter has been brought up at golf committee meetings there's just what comes up at golf committee meetings is just amazing. Like the, the mini dramas and the peripheral nonsense that, that comes up at some of this stuff. I know there's important stuff as well, but uh, what comes across those desks is amusing. The matter has been brought up at golf committee meetings, but is pushed aside because Tom is quote, a nice guy, albeit void of personality <laughs> as is his daughter. Email her taking a pop at 13 year old <laughs> girl's personality being void. Uh, how could we politely suggest to Tom that bringing Julie out with us pretty much ruins everyone's main form of recreation? If she is such an avid golfer at 13, she should either use that time to practice or play (laughs) kind of dickish, but I get it or spend time with friends. Basically anything that doesn't involve our groups dealing with her every Saturday, Sunday morning would be great. How would Tom like it if I brought my 73 year old mother out to wander around (laughs) while we played? Thanks for tackling this touchy subject. It is touchy. Um, I think it's a little ridiculous. I get it once. It sounds like this is every Saturday and Sunday round. And she's just walking around in the way and texting. And obviously, like, it changes the dynamic of, you know, uh, what you say, what you discuss. And I think maybe for the better. But if you have a child there, you know, probably probably takes out, takes away some of the dumbass stuff you would talk about anyways, maybe for the better. But it changes the dynamic of the atmosphere. It's a little weird. I don't get it for every round. I get it once, once a month. But she's not playing. She's not. She's texting. It. I think you got to. I think you have to propose like kind of a counter example of yeah, my 73 year old mother coming or just politely suggest like, Hey, like she should make, why don't we practice? Why didn't she practice while we're doing the front nine? And then we kind of check in with her. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's alternatives you have to suggest. Cause I think my, my ruling is this is too weird to not say something or too in, 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 intrusive to not say something.
0: Yeah. I'll tread carefully here because I don't know what's going on and it could be some kind of unique family dynamic that yeah. he's trying to like spend time with her and I, so with all those caveats it sounds like the guy is being pretty selfish it sounds like the his daughter doesn't want to be on the golf course so why they're on the golf course together is it's probably his he's pulling for it more than she is i think the way you handle this is you go up to the to the dad and you say something like hey man I really enjoy playing with you, but I, I think recently like your daughter hasn't, she's been kind of getting in the way and it's been a bit of a distraction when we when we come here to spend time together. I love playing with you and I think the other members are starting to get upset and they may end up taking it out on you. I don't want that to happen because I I, I really enjoy playing with you, but I think that's what's going to happen if, if she keeps coming. Throw the and other members under the bus. Way.
1: Unnamed members. I'm, I'm hearing you, unnamed members. I,
0: I think you can raise your hand and be like, and I understand where they're coming from. Like she, she does, it is a little bit distracting and she gets in the way and you frame it as, I don't want this to get between us and let him do the, do the rest there.
1: Like as, as a dad, I would kind of love having a little extra time with the son, my son or daughter, if they wanted to do this, but like, they're not even playing. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, not maybe like once a year. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like get come outside and get some exercise and we'll hang a little bit and like you can watch or maybe learn something about golf. But like not constantly. Like what every like once a year, and probably not with my friend like my fellow member friends or whatever either, too. It would probably be a family I don't know. It's it's bizarre. I, I get the goal. I get I, I don't totally get uh dismiss like the aim of it, right? Having her exposed to the game and walking around, it's very touchy, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, it's a little selfish is, I think, a fair enough word to use.
0: So. If she's not showing any interest in the game, I don't think you're doing her a service anymore. Like, I think it's time to move on from that, and it, it, it's becoming more about you than it is about your daughter.
1: Very weird one. Some of the stuff that we get is, is kind of interesting. It's wild. Wild stuff, rules, and random, you know, daughter walking at every single round. I just I'm surprised that they haven't said something quite honest. I think the texting could be the out like you could say like, hey, you know, she can't be out there on her phone just texting all willy nilly. And then, you know, if you remove the phone, does that just then she like kind of lose interest in doing this anymore. So I think like that you could start with the phone and go from there. So can I uh, ask you a quick one? Can I yeah. get your SGS advice? Yeah.
0: I don't know if this is necessarily rises to the level of needing SGS advice, but I mean, I rarely play golf now. I played every day growing up. I don't yeah. play much now. I have a tee time on this upcoming Sunday with three friends. I already paid in advance, and I chose the option that was non-refundable because it was slightly cheaper, but yeah. still not an expensive round of golf. Yeah, It's an hour and a half away, and there's a 70%, 80% chance of rain the entire day. How would you handle that? Is it... Do you pick up your friends and start to drive down? Do you call the pro shop? Like, what, where's your head go on this?
1: Um, um I'm probably not. <laughs> time is more valuable than my 55 bucks or whatever, or whatever you said it was. Um, I'm not going an hour and a half away for an 80% chance of rain round. I, I don't think I'm doing that. Three hours round trip driving. Um, and if it, if it was like a $500 round or four, like, I probably can't do a different calculation, or a, a, or a kind of a bucket list round. Yeah, but I I probably am not. I'm probably bagging it and cutting my losses. But again, you're talking to an older guy with too much going on 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 the weekends. But again, I don't play much either. Uh, But I I, I probably wouldn't drive that far for a rainy golf round. That's not costing me. All right. I think it does that. That does it for this Friday episode. You have a newsletter segment I would encourage everyone to read about sort of the anti-competitive nature of the Zurich, some of the parts of the Zurich, and the pairings at Live Adelaide. Uh, I love how you characterize it as a parade. Like It's not competition, but it's a parade, which sometimes it does feel like they're kind of influencer festivals, right? Or just what can we do to, to make it? couple waves instead of actually a comp golf competition but uh you have that in the newsletter you have an article you sent in today for next week obviously where else are you contributing follow on twitter you've got your newsletter Where the, where can people subscribe to that okay great all right joseph thank you for joining the shotgun start uh everyone enjoy your weekends we'll be back with you on monday andy is committed to walk up music he's committed because joseph punted on it he had worked a little bit on research so andy's now committed to doing it he has to do it so we'll have that for you on monday